if you consider yourself to be kind of A-type, ambitious, independent, and you're looking for someone to match your wavelength of life with like that attitude on getting the most out of life, you cannot have the expectation that there's not going to be struggles. And if there is a struggle, that it's not your person, that's not necessarily the case. And I think that was a big learning for us. I remember in the beginning thinking, wow, there's conflicts here. Like, does that mean that we're not, we shouldn't be getting married? And I think going through that and how we've resolved some things has really shown me that the strength of our partnership. And we continue to refine that. I don't think we're anywhere near perfect, but it's the growth that we're both after. And I think that that's what you need to be looking for in the other person is are they willing to reflect, hear your point of view, kind of adapt their mindset on things and work together to come to some kind of understanding of like why the conflict existed in the first place and how to encounter less of that type of conflict in the future. What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with my wife, Erin Finley. Recently, we celebrated four years of marriage, and in this episode, we wanted to have a conversation around how we have conquered some of the conflicts we have had, what we are working towards in the future, and how focusing on personal reflection and growth is critical when it comes to building a stronger relationship with your significant other. Let's jump right into the convo and welcome Erin Finley to the show. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today, I have my wife on the show. We bring her on about every quarter now. And we're in the middle of the year. So we wanted to do a little bit of reflecting. But also, we just celebrated our four-year wedding anniversary. So one of the things we want to chat about today is just some of the things that we've gone through prior to our marriage, in our marriage, relationship-wise, and some tips that might be helpful for other people out there. So before we get into it, first question I always ask you is, is how are you doing today? It's been how, How's the Sunday been for you? It's been a relaxing Sunday. I needed this day of just recharging. So I feel good. I don't know if everybody would consider what you did today relaxing, but... <laughs> it's you know, okay. For me, it it's off, relaxing. Six miles, getting a nice bath. Just went on a 50-minute walk. In a hundred degree, hundred degree weather, super relaxing, right? I'm getting adjusted. It's <laughs> relaxing because it's been this way for a while, so it's like any other day. Yeah. So, what do you want to talk about in terms of as she rolls her eyes at me? I want. I'm trying to pull you out. Like, what? What? What are some? I, I think, do this every okay, week. Okay. So, so we just celebrated our. You wanted to talk about relationships, and we just had our four year wedding anniversary. And we didn't do anything crazy to celebrate, but we did have a conversation around like what we've we've done a lot in these last four years, both personally and professionally. And as a married couple, it's 
added another layer of, I don't want to say complexity because it's been a partnership and has made the journey much better to be together. But there has been situations where we've, in reflection, you know, we've definitely learned from some of the things. So I think just maybe sharing some of that and full transparency, we're always like trying to become a better couple and partnership as well as individuals. We're on a journey of self-development for both of us forever. So um, always want to share our reflection process and lessons learned in case that it's helpful to anyone else in whatever stage of life they may be in. Yeah, so rolling off of that, what has been one of the most important lessons that you have learned in terms of not just marriage, but partnership with another human being? I think one of the most important has been prioritization of one's own needs. And I think in a in any kind of serious relationship, any kind of family or caregiver or whatever it is, if you have a tendency to put your own needs to the back burner and let that continue, I think that that could lead to more problems down the line. And what I mean by that is if we don't take a step back from our day-to-day life and ask ourselves whether we've prioritized our own needs and defining what those needs are, you're going to brew resentment. You're going to brew irritability. And you might not even realize that it's because you haven't given yourself the time that you need to do whatever it may be that you need to do, even if it's just spending some time by yourself or going to do something that you need to do. I think that's one of the biggest things that we've learned. Um, And we have also learned that what those needs are for each other and then how we can support one another together through that process. So like a day in the life, what does that look like in our relationship? What does a day in the life look like? Like a, a Monday? Of so, no, of, <laughs> of you're talking about your needs and my needs and learning to satiate those needs. I think when I, when, I say, when I say needs, I mean like support is a good example of I don't necessarily need you to understand exactly the challenges that I might be dealing with in my day, but I need you to support, just be there for me and understand what it would mean to be supportive and vice versa. I think the same thing for but you. But I think like, those, that's a completely different conversation. What I want you to do is for somebody listening, like what does Aaron satiating her own needs look like? Oh, what is my, oh, okay. I thought you meant. Because Sorry, when people meant, think needs, like, again, you're, you're saying it could be whatever, but I think giving, painting a picture for people could be helpful for them. Yeah, for me, uh, just for context, I work a pretty demanding full-time job. And I sometimes have a hard time setting a boundary with the amount of work that I take on. And as a result, come home with little time to spend with you, you know, or even friends for that matter, or family. And the time that I spend on myself too, like to to work out or to take care of myself, to do something that makes me feel good can be diminished. And I think that that is something that I've realized if I don't prioritize that time, 
that adds up in a bad way. Specifics, Aaron. Yesterday was a Saturday, okay? And we'll see. What did I do? I went to a yoga class. I, I read. I did do a little bit of catching up on some things from the week. Uh, I did some stuff around the house, made sure, you know, laundry, food shopping, all the things, cleaning. I went to get a facial. That was something that I wanted to do for self-care. That was not movement, but something that would relax me, put me in a calm state, and something that would kind of take care of wellness, you know. And then we spent some time with friends. So yesterday was a great day. The reason I was asking for specifics again is because people out there, like what Aaron did yesterday, half of that I did, but then half of it I didn't do. Okay. So I think when we get into the conversation of needs, I think there's a lot of pressure to do what other people do or be the way that other people are. And we feel guilty if, like, if your needs are a nap, take a nap. Mm. Some people feel guilty of yeah, taking a nap. Yeah, I'm not a nap taker. Yeah. And but I don't the, tell you that you can't be a nap taker. I mean, in the beginning of our yeah. relationship, though. Well, right? so yeah, and is, I think that's That's kind of like where I wanted to get into is just like understanding each other's needs mm-hmm. and accepting those needs as needs. Because mm-hmm. in my eyes, I'm like, why do you need a facial? Yeah, in my eyes, I'm like, why do you need a nap? Exactly. That's yeah. my point. But nowadays, it's not even to us in our marriage that it doesn't even cross my mind. I'm like, oh, go enjoy your yeah, facial. Yeah, and I like, think what, I think the root of what we're getting to is like just because you you might not understand why a person, why your partner might need something or does something or has a habit of doing something doesn't mean that it's wrong mm-hmm. and that you can't be supportive of it. I think that, sure, you can question like why are you napping all the time? <laughs> I mean, not that you nap a lot, but... There's a difference between, you know, a problem. I, mean, I haven't napped in a really long time, except this week because Eric Hinman kicked my ass <laughs> in Colorado, but and I'm nursing a couple injuries. But I was just using that as a reference because I knew that, like, yeah, I, I think I've seen I you taking like two naps in our entire relationship, and I know that you're always want to you want to do stuff, you want to you want to take advantage of life, and resting for you is one of those needs that you just, you don't necessarily need it. It shows up in other ways like a facial. And then on my end, it's like, like, why do you need to, why do you need to go do that? But these days to wrap this train of thought for other people out there, it's understanding what is going to make that other person a better whole. And I think that's a learning lesson for us is we allow ourselves to be our own individual and fulfill our own individual needs because we have an understanding that when we come together as a whole, it's going to be better. So using yesterday as an example, you going and getting a facial and feeling good about yourself, then you show up better in our relationship and I'm happier because both of us are happy. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that. Why do you think that is? I'm trying to decipher, is it ego? Is it, why do we feel we want to control what the needs of somebody else would be. Where does that I think it's from? just growth. I think it's it's just being self-aware enough to know that like the things that you're projecting are just the result of what you've always done or what you've decided is best for you. 
but you just have to recognize that that's not best for everyone. And I don't think a lot of people even do the work to think about what's best for themselves. So it's just a natural instinct to criticize what someone else does. But if you're open-minded to to the different things that you can do for yourself and then you're aware of, of making sure that you prioritize your own needs, fill your own cup so that you can show up better to the relationship in your life. Now, what would you say if someone's needs were actually toxic? Like drinking? How would somebody like, handle that in a relationship? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had to deal with that. Maybe you should comment. I mean, I can think of sometimes it, when you were talking about previous relationships where you didn't necessarily you didn't necessarily think the time that they were spending was well worth spending, and I would agree with that. So, how do you navigate those waters? I mean, there's certain things in our relationship that are the same thing, but do they just ditch the relationship if that's the case? Or okay, let's let's say hypothetically that? you're in a relationship with someone that you feel like may borderline be spending too much time playing video games or drinking let's say <laughs> uh that's very how, realistic for a lot of relationships how how what well, your question is how would you approach it or how would you how, what would be if knowing what we know now what would be a mature way to approach that situation having a open and honest conversation about how that affects you personally and how you feel like it hinders the relationship Instead of being upset and like using it against the person or I, I think we all have tendencies to probably do something that the other person might not agree with. Like I like to exercise a lot and, and run and maybe to somebody else like that's too much time spent. Other people might like to watch TV. I don't watch TV. So everybody has their thing, right? I think you have to decide when it becomes a point of bringing up as a problem or an, a potential challenge of the relationship versus just criticizing and, and starting to resent. And I think that's something, that's an area where we're still growing because I think we each do things that- That's what I'm saying. I think everyone. the other person and communicating that in a, a mature way is not always the easiest thing. And I think- a lot of people hold off on communicating because it's more painful to have that little argument or that little discomfort than it is to just like let things fester over time and let issues grow into, I would say you have like little issues in relationships and then they become massive problems because yeah, if you let it go. most people are just letting it go. But what would you say your biggest learning has been? Yeah, four years has flown by. For me, the most important lesson that I've had to almost teach myself is that it kind of ties back into what we were just saying, but there is no right way to do things. I think growing up in the way that I did and being super competitive and wanting to win at everything it shaped me into the type of person that sometimes wasn't flexible and adaptable. And what I mean by that in a relationship is because I want to win, I set my eyes on, let's just give an example. I start a business. That business then gets ranked over everything else. And I will, I will want to win and fixate on that at all costs, meaning 
am I home on time at 5 p.m. to support Erin by getting her dinner ready so that she can then go to yoga class? I would say three years ago, I was not doing that. I've seen a transition in myself over the past two years where my ranking of what actually matters and winning, quote unquote, is all internal and very close to me rather than external. So internal, going back to the locus of feeling good about ourselves and satiating our needs, when I rank my needs, like I start ranking my needs of, okay, am I happy and healthy? And then the second to that is, is Aaron happy and healthy? And then everything external comes after that. And the learning lesson there is we're taught that the internal should be felt when we win the external. So I should feel happy or I should feel like I'm valuable if I get the good grade or I win the tournament or I get the girl. Rather, do I feel like my best version of myself and am I supporting my immediate circle around me? And if I am, the external is then a bonus. So the most important thing for me and the lesson that I would convey to anybody else is really understanding where you rank the different aspects of your life and really drilling them home into who you are. Yeah, I'd say having core values. Like professional growth is important to me, but not at the expense of my relationship with you and my health, right? So there has to come a point where I set a boundary between the amount of time that that I spend on my work and then the amount of time that I leave for the things that are important to me. What would a boundary look like? A boundary is like I'm leaving the office and I will not open my laptop once I'm home. That's a boundary. A boundary could look like I'm not taking a call past a certain time. It could look like, yeah, if I get a message when I come home, like unless it's urgent, I'm going to wait until the next day to respond. And 99.9% of things are not urgent, no matter what. That's just a fact. Urgent is like you're pregnant and you're about to have a kid and it's coming out. Like that's urgent. But I think we've been conditioned in a world where things that people want to convey are urgent, but they're not. And they want to put that on you. So that that parlays into another... Well, that's expectations, I think. And I think we're getting... A little outside the scope of, you know, initially we're talking about marriage and partnership with like a significant other, but this could apply to relationships in general. The more transparent you are with, I guess, the boundaries that, not boundaries, but the expectations that you set, the less you can disappoint someone with certain actions, right? Because every disappointment is just an unmet expectation. So you can either not have expectations or you can be really clear with what expectations are. Which is a great question to go into. What were you expecting from marriage? I really don't think I ever had that thought of what I expected in terms of some outcome. What do you think most people are expecting from marriage? Um, Probably a sense of safety, a sense of maybe direction that life will head in a certain path, on a certain path that might look a certain way versus if you were to stay alone, right? 
I think I think it depends. It, it it very much depends on the individual and the individual's goals and then the goals as a partnership. Like I really wasn't expecting anything different from how we were operating before because we're both really individually driven and then together we have clear goals that wouldn't necessarily change whether we're married or not. So what do you think, think differentiates us from the average person and what they're expecting from marriage? I don't know. I don't really think about that. What do you mean? That's why we podcast so that you can think about it. I think there's a lot of people out there that are expecting toxic things from marriage. Oh, I was not thinking that. Toxic? Like yeah, what? like their expectations of what marriage is and what marriage really, the reality of it is is skewed. Well, I think there's a lot of poor examples of marriages. I think there's a lot of, especially generally, generationally, if you think to like our parents' generation and then the amount we're exposed to in our generation too, from media to examples of, you know, family before us and just society and how it's changed. Let's even take the dating world. Like, how much has that changed from our generation versus our parents? There's overwhelm. There's unrealistic expectations. There's this feeling of having to find, you know, your perfect match and the idea that they exist and you shouldn't settle until you find them and not knowing how to decipher whether your feelings for somebody are love or just an attraction. I think there's a lot of complications. Uh, I'd say the perception that maybe marriage is going to be difficult is not wrong. But I think if you're comparing marriage to an example that might not be an ideal role model, then sure, that might be carrying into your actions and behaviors and limitations that you set for yourself. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. I just kind of disagree with your statement that you think most people perceive some kind of toxic experience. I don't know what you mean by that. No, I don't mean they think marriage is toxic. I'm saying their view of what marriage actually is, is toxic. Such a, I don't understand. Can you explain? Like the wedding is the marriage. Like I want oh. the big wedding and they don't think 
beyond that. Okay, I, want, I was not understanding. I want the person that is checks all the we have yeah, friends that are like checking not, boxes of like does the person fun. fit this this one specific mold and it's like that's not what's going to make you so what, what would you say to that say to somebody that has that toxic viewpoint of marriage yeah i mean i i wasn't i wouldn't define that as toxic i just don't think that that's a mature way of viewing marriage i wouldn't call it toxic i would say you're not ready for marriage if you think that the wedding is what you should be spending all your time researching and, and putting together or, I mean, know. it doesn't matter whether you want to call it toxic, whatever word you uh, yeah, want. Yeah. Whatever. That, that doesn't, that's besides the point. Yeah. I do think, I think the whole wedding culture is not one I, I agree with. Uh, I think a lot of people lose sight of the real importance of spending the rest of your life with someone in that time. And then, you know, you might face a situation where you realize you spent all this time putting together this perfect day and then it's over. And then you have this feeling of like, wow, so that day's over. Now we haven't even, I don't have any good examples of Well, I think it just, but, it's, it goes into just the toxic traits of society. We're yeah. constantly chasing a carrot. So right. it's like we're, we strive for this one goal, then we get that goal, then it's a now what? And I think looping this back together to like four years of marriage, something that we've, I think always done well, even before we were married, is focus on systemization and, and processes of building a better relationship rather than focusing on any type of end goal or any type of this is what we're going to do when we're X age or this is what we're going to do at a certain point. We really just focus on every single day, how do I become a better person as an individual and and I think how do, not and how do we make decisions better together? Mm. I think that's something that we've really worked on the last four years is like there's been a lot of decisions that we've had to make. and Who gets the ultimate say? No, not one or the other. Yeah, and I think that's something that people struggle with. And how would you say that people struggle with that? Especially in our relationship where you have two people that I mean, this is a struggle we've had. Two people that are deserve to have the final say in a lot of different ways. How do you navigate conversations like that? I think that's not something that you think through until a great example, like we bought and sold a house or you buy and sell a car. Like there's some major decisions that we were going towards, but we didn't actually see them out. And when you see them out, it's learning to trust one another and have good communication rather somebody wanting to have the final say. And I, this was a huge learning lesson for me because as somebody who just kind of views himself as a go-getter and a lone wolf, bringing somebody else into the equation is not easy. It's, it's something where it's learning to ask questions and, and listen more and, be more of a passenger than the driver. I would and just call it compromise. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just knowing how to compromise. And I think that's a skill that, I mean, even in, even in the workplace, like in leadership, like just because you're a leader doesn't mean you have the final say necessarily. Like I think it's always about taking the perspective of the team and marriage is a team. And I think we've learned that we 
have to take emotion out of the conversation. And there can be times when we want to bring emotion in at first. Like the house example is a good one where, you know, one of us might feel a certain way initially about what we should do. But then we don't make a split decision. We think about it. We we had spreadsheet analysis. Like we we definitely looked at a lot of different data points and had a lot of different conversations around what would be best for our current state and then the future of what we're working towards and our immediate goals and lifestyle. And it was a conversation that we had together with both of our perspectives listened to and I think that's how we've approached a lot of things, whether it's a big decision or a little one. And that's made a huge impact on our marriage and trust in each other. And you're right. I don't I don't know that that's talked about enough. I don't know that everyone thinks of a partner as somebody that is going to be equally as invested in the other person's perspective, especially in, in the generation of our parents, for example. And this is something I'm passionate about because women were just, you know, like, the male got the final say on certain things, especially when it came to like financial decisions or things that women were typically like out of the conversation for. And I feel pretty empowered to, you know, have an equal stake in these conversations because I do have a perspective and I think about the long-term benefit of our family and relationship. So I think that that's an interesting area of like how things have changed in society today. And one area that people might not be thinking about when they think about a future partner, like is that something that you value? And maybe for some women it's not. Yeah, it's definitely something that everyone I feel should work towards if you are a high achieving individual. Because I like how you mentioned your work and understanding that your relationship is a lot like work. There's a lot of principles that you can transfer over that if you're a good leader at work, how, what makes you a great leader? And then how do you become a great partner in your marriage? And I think there's a lot of principles that can transfer. Oh yeah. And a lot of people, I don't necessarily know for sure, but I don't know if there's a lot of people thinking about how it applies. So for me, entrepreneurship has been something that has really changed my life for the better. And force me to be a better partner because I'm reading these books on like how to be a better teammate or how to be a better manager. And then I start reflecting on, okay, how does this show, how is this showing up in my relationship with my wife and vice versa at home? How am I showing up for her and how do I articulate? So for, another struggle in our relationship is, and we've talked about this before, is I'm a very direct person and it's more about how you say things than what you're saying in general. If the other person, great example is like, they always say like, put it in, in a way that a fifth grader would understand or a kindergartner would understand it. If I'm showing up in a way in my relationship and my wife has an issue with the way that I'm showing up, it's probably happening in other areas of my life as well. And how do I articulate in a better way or convey my stance in a way that that other person doesn't feel threatened or frustrated with how I am because then that defeats the whole point. In well, it kind of goes to like what we were talking about this morning in the work setting about how, again, some leaders choose to communicate with very direct, aggressive communication. 
And the response to that is what matters more than the aggression in the first place. And I think that through through our relationship, through learning and going through different phases of life and challenges, we've recognized how we each individually, one, prefer to communicate an issue or a struggle, and two, how to best respond to the other person when there's some kind of tension. Uh, and I think the response is the biggest, the biggest area that should be worked on. You know, I think having the ability to think, okay, this is, this is an, like, I'm, I'm upset about something. And instead of me voicing everything that I'm thinking, I just need to not, not react, but come up with a way to communicate how it's affecting me and have a conversation with you about it. I think it's empowering to be able to do that. It's, it's what separates us from, like, one of the things that, I mean, it's, you're, we're animals, but it's what separates us from other animals is most animals just respond to their external. There are mechanisms that they were born with. That's how they respond or react. And for humans, we have a choice. We can, we can feel that feeling and take a step back and And decide. Yeah. Like we had a situation this week where this happened, right? Where we were sort of in an argument and it was my perception of something that you were doing and I was irritated by it. And instead of like processing it and thinking like, how is it gonna come off if I show my irritability and show that whatever he did is bothering me, I should first take a step back and think about like, why is this bothering me? Why do I think he's doing what he's, you know, like, and go through the questions in my mind before I get to the point of even like starting something. And I think that this week was a good example of that. And like the fact that we had the reflection after to say like what we both could have done differently was huge. I mean, that's something that would have lasted us a long time in the past, like of, of an argument and trying to get through the root of it and you know, what caused it and how we get over that. I think this is another good thing to get into is when I was talking like toxic view of marriage is just like behind closed doors, there's going to be conflict. Yeah. And it's not wrong to have conflict. What's wrong is how you handle the conflict at times. That's what I hear you're saying. But the conflict in itself, especially if you have two people, and this is what I, I want to directly talk to males and females that want they say they want that person that is like a go-getter and is independent but with that comes this side of you're going to have confrontation with that person because they have strong beliefs they can do a lot and and be a lot and they have an extreme amount of potential for their life with or without you and that's where navigating that in a way that always maintains the we versus me mentality. I think the the strongest thing we do is it is always we. And where I think potential relationships could go wrong and not end so well is when people put the me before the we. And when they get into confrontations, they just stay in their stance. Do you agree with that? I definitely agree with, the statement that 
if you're somebody that's looking if you're if you consider yourself to be kind of a type ambitious independent and you're looking for someone to match your wavelength of life with like that attitude on getting the most out of life you cannot have the expectation that there's not going to be struggles and if there is a struggle that it's not your person that's not necessarily the case and I think that was a big learning for us I remember in the beginning thinking wow there's conflicts here like does that mean that we're not we shouldn't be getting married and I think going through that and how we've resolved some things has really shown me that the strength of our partnership and we continue to refine that. I don't think we're anywhere near perfect, but it's the growth that we're both after. And I think that that's what you need to be looking for. in the other person is, are they willing to reflect, hear your point of view, kind of adapt their mindset on things and work together to come to some kind of understanding of like, why the conflict existed in the first place and how to encounter less of that type of conflict in the future. And I like your point that there is a, I think maybe people are holding back from certain relationships because they feel like if there's conflict, then something's wrong. And I think that certainly there's, there's bounds around that statement. Like certain conflict certainly is wrong, but yeah, abuse is never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to right. go into the type of conflict yeah. that's that's wrong, but I think when it comes to like a healthy debate or conflict around, like in our case, it's that we just have different lifestyles around our professional. Let's say side. where we're spending our time. Yeah, where we, we don't spend always our time. agree. Yeah. with each how each other is spending each other's time. Yeah, so that that has led to some conflict that we've done a much better job resolving and supporting <laughs> yeah it goes back to the expectations i think if we were to use the example of say you've never run before right if you've never run and you expect yourself to do a sub three marathon like you're setting yourself up for failure and i think in a lot of marriages and relationships we expect that person to change overnight and we need to have the viewpoint of it's inches not miles so when you have a confrontation and you have a conflict and you talk about, okay, how can I be better next time? When that happens the next time, you can't expect that person to have grown miles. Like you're just looking for an inch. So it could look like maybe you had a confrontation and you let that confrontation go on for 72 hours. So it consumed your relationship for three days for both of you and it was exhausting and you finally came to a conclusion and okay, you're, you move past it. So the next time that you have it, it's like, okay, how can we, even though we know conflict is going to happen, but how can we nix it like that day? Like, what do we need to do so that it doesn't take up another day of energy from both of us? And I think I'm using a direct example from us. I've noticed our time frames of confrontation get shorter and shorter. We're finding ways to resolve conflict in a much more, refined manner, less aggressive manner, because we both ask ourselves, first off, is this the best way we can spend our energy? Yeah. Is this And worth, I think a lot of people don't ask. <laughs> is this for, worth like being mad right now? No matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what it is, is it like and I think that comes with the very beginning of this conversation of like your own needs. Like my needs, like number one priority is 
is my energy every day being spent in the right way? And same for you. And anytime we get in a conflict, I think we're doing a better job of, okay, neither of us having this energy is worth our long term. So how do we figure out how to resolve this as efficiently and and effectively as possible? That goes back to what I said in the beginning. Like my biggest learning was the, the importance of filling my own cup because I noticed that when I don't, and this week was a good example, like I worked longer than usual and there what that day that we had the conflict was a day where I was just like a little irritated that I didn't get to do anything for myself. And that's my own fault because I didn't set the boundary and stop what I was doing to make the time. But in some cases I'm like, well, I didn't I actually didn't have time that day. But it in reflection, I was way more irritable because of that that like normally if I would have just, you know, and it was led to like a little bit of resentment and like, you I don't mean, understand. I'm going to give you also the benefit of the doubt. And this is for all the ladies out there. Like it was also approaching that time of month as well. So yeah, like, that always, that, that always has I, <laughs> and it, we're going to be super transparent here. Like it was early this month. Like I'm, I've picked up on when that time is and how to, and that's a cool thing as a male is just like, we're on 24 hour cycles where it's just like, I, I, it's like you go to sleep, you wake up and it's different <laughs> for females. Um, so I'll give you, I definitely give you grace in that case. And then also the cool thing is like going back to resolving the conflict. So we've resolved that conflict within an, a couple hours in that time. And then the next day reflecting and how you communicated the next day, I don't necessarily think that would have happened. Like we were immediately in solution mode and what happens the next day? We're like, it's behind us. We're already figuring out the next five steps of our life in a different direction. That has nothing to do with. Yeah. And it's crazy how like, I remember when, when we used to get in these arguments and like that would impact my ability to like do my job well. And the quicker you can fix the problem, the better off you're going to be in every other area of your life. So like just resolving, getting to the root, making sure both people understand that's really been helpful for us. All right. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think the way that I want to end this is what do you think we are going to work towards the most in the next years of our marriage? So now we're like, I would consider us like, we're not rookies anymore. We're going into the veteran stage of marriage. We're talking sports here. Um, we're signing a new contract and we're on to the next phase. So what would you say, because we talked a little bit about like what we've struggled with and, and worked through, but what are we working towards? I don't think it's anything different, really. I just think that we continually need to seek out the best in the other person. And I think that's what we've done a good job of so far. And we have to keep pushing that because I know for me, you're definitely the person that pushes me in ways that I don't even necessarily see myself doing. And you see a potential in me that I wouldn't have pushed myself towards otherwise. And I think vice versa, whereas we're that person for each other that is like, you got an opportunity here. Like you should go after that. And we're not necessarily operating in any different ways, but I think as we grow and as we encounter this next phase of life, those opportunities are changing and we need to continue to be that 
that cheerleader for the other person that yes from from what i'm hearing from you and it is something we worked on is is leaning more into a supportive role so we're both very much we're lone wolves we're we are sharks we attack what we want and we work relentlessly to achieve the things that we set our minds on and I think for both of us working, continuing to work towards being more of the supportive role in, and it looks different for both of us. Um, I was going to say like knowing our lanes too. Yeah. And that's, if I think we know our lane now, but also understanding how to be supportive of that other person's lane, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. I think that is, is not agree with it, but even if you wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think agree is the right, right word. If that isn't how you would approach your life. Or Let's just be honest. Yeah. We're talking like I, I'm the corporate path here. You're the entrepreneurial path. And even though I wouldn't quit it's everything good, to be It goes an above and beyond that. Like I, Agreed, I look at, but I look that's at the like a tangible example. Like you'll come home and a great example is you'll describe something that happens at work. And my immediate response used to be, well, like, why don't you just – say what you think. Like, why don't you just like, versus I think now I'm taking a more refined approach of tell me more how, like, and not even answering sometimes just letting you talk through the situation. And then for you, what that looks like is caring. I think you've done a better job of caring more about what I, it is that I'm actually up to and not just saying, good job, honey, pat on the back. How can I get involved? That, that's really what I've seen from you is over the past year, you've asked yourself and me, how can I be more involved at whatever capacity that is? And I mean, it could be as simple as like you got in the ice bath with me today. Like that, that is a way of showing that I'm be I'm involved in your lifestyle and it doesn't have to be major. So I wanted to share that with people because for me, like that's the next phase is really just, continuing to be a better supportive role because I'm so used to being the captain and so is Aaron. And the more that we can support each other and help each other thrive, I think we'll achieve anything that we ever set our eyes and our mind and our heart on. Yeah. And I think just to wrap it up, like stay excited. Like just because Mm. marriage is new doesn't mean the excitement has to wear off. And I think that's something that we, I certainly feel is like, it's exciting to continue this ride together and enter the unknown with somebody that you're, you trust to make it an adventure with. And a practical example of the, this, and this is a perfect way to wrap up is, so we've been running together and Aaron wants to run another race. So while, she, while like one day I was just like, okay, sign us up for a race. Like right now, like find a race online, go find it. And she found the thrive half marathon in San Diego. And I mean, within 30 minutes, we were from conversation of, hey, this is an idea to signing up. And I love ending here because not only in marriage is that how you keep life exciting, but that's just how you keep life exciting and fulfilling your own cup every single day is viewing life as an adventure. And that's what Thrive on Life really is here to do is to inspire you, the listener, to reflect back on your life, your relationships, your career, and no matter what that path is, how do you gain an inch on making it more fulfilling, more adventurous, and when you look back on your life, you can really 
reflect in the mirror and have a smile on your face. So this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. I look forward to hearing from y'all and chatting with you next time. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.